Hey, Pastor Josh here. Thanks so much for watching our videos. If you'd like more information about Legacy City Church, you can go to LegacyCityChurch.com. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit the bell below. God bless you. We are in Matthew chapter 5 today in our Bibles, Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to work through verses 14 to 16, 14 to 16, and the title of the message today is, if you're taking notes, please let there be light. Please let there be light. Working through a series I've titled Jesus Worldview, where we look through the lens and eyes of the Lord Jesus Christ to see what he thinks. See what his opinions are. See what his views are. And I launched this series really to give us a Jesus worldview because there are so many views floating around in this day and age. It's very difficult to navigate what Jesus' view is. So I just say, hey, why don't we just look at exactly what he says? Just look at his, his words exactly. And we can decide whether or not we want to follow those words and those commands or not heard of an elderly couple, maybe you heard this story too, it's an elderly couple who in their old age noticed they were getting a lot more forgetful. So they decided to go to a doctor and the doctor told them they should start writing things down so they don't forget because they were so forgetful. They went home and the old lady told her husband to go get her a bowl of ice cream. And she said, you might want to write that down. And he said, no, I can remember you want a bowl of ice cream. That's easy. Then she told him she wanted a bowl of ice cream with whipped cream. Very important. She said, write it down. He said, no, I don't need to write it down. I can remember you want a bowl of ice cream with whipped cream. Then the old lady said she wanted a bowl of ice cream with whipped cream and a cherry on top. She said, write it down. He says, no, no, I got it. You want a bowl of ice cream with whipped cream and a cherry on top. So he goes to get the ice cream and spends a long time in the kitchen, over 30 minutes. He comes out to his wife to, with her treat in his hands, a plate of eggs and bacon. The old wife stares at the plate, shaking her head for a moment, then looks at her husband and says, you forgot the toast. Let there be light. Please let there be light. little church history for you. Caesar Nero was emperor of Rome, the great Rome. Anybody been to Italy? The great Rome, Caesar was, Caesar Nero was the emperor in AD 54 to 68. And it's believed that the apostle Peter was martyred under Nero as well as the apostle Paul. Both of these apostles were killed by him. In 64 AD, Caesar Nero attempted to systematically exterminate all people who profess faith in the newly found Christian religion. Under his evil rule, Romans witnessed the worst atrocities upon, human, upon humans. He did not just kill Christians, he made them suffer extremely. And Nero also performed many other kinds of torture, often killing them in the Circus Maximus in front of large crowds of spectators where he did some of his most gruesome murders. Here he would wrap Christians in animal skins and throw them to the lions or dogs who would then tear these men and women apart in front of thousands of entertained spectators. At other times he would crucify them and after the crowd would get bored, he would set Christians on fire. Nero the emperor of Rome enjoyed impaling Christians 
from the back end and dipping them in tar. And then he would light them on fire and he would yell as he sucked them in his garden, now you are truly the light of the world. Although it's often claimed that these Christians were persecuted for their refusal to worship the emperor, general dislike for Christians likely arose from their refusal to worship the gods or take place in the sacrifice which was expected of those living in the Roman Empire. This is what it means. This is just a few thousand years ago, of course. But for a refusal to do what the culture was doing, they were worshiping a certain way, they were believing a certain way, they were following a certain way. And for a simple refusal to do so, the Christians were ostracized. They were set on the outside. You are outsiders, and we will not put up with you. We will use you as entertainment. For simply choosing not to be a part of the religion of the culture, they were canceled because they didn't fall in line with everyone else. The reason I bring this up today is to talk with you, church. We get to meet, we get to talk, and we got to talk about this, what it looks like to really shine the light in our culture I sense that a mild version of this is on the horizon for us. If we do not stand against wickedness in a nation which allows us to do so, the difference between us and the Christians under Nero is they actually didn't have any freedom to speak up or to call out wickedness. They didn't have it. They couldn't do anything. But we, look it, we're here in Bel Air. We're worshiping, we're meeting like we actually have the ability and opportunity to stand for what is right and to stand up for righteousness. And I, I feel that we as a nation, why is the world in such turmoil? Why is America in such turmoil? Why is everybody so up in arms and so mad at each other? It's revealing of the heart and what we have allowed as a society. It's really shocking to see what has happened. It's because we've gotten lazy this is how it will take place with the Christian. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk this through, walk, walk w- uh, with you through this so that you can see it very clearly when it is about to happen and how it will happen, and then how we are to shine against that. I'm telling you this is what is going to happen. Even for me preaching this message, potentially, I could be labeled as ignorant and intolerant, and a bigot, and not understanding of other people. And watch this. I will not hurt anyone. I will not, I'm not going to attack anyone. I'm not going to be violent. Just simply me talking about what I am saying will be enough to cause issues with other people. And this is scary if it's on the horizon. Because you know what they did to the guy who wrote the commands of the New Testament? They didn't like what he said. The Lord Jesus And they crucified him for it. We love seeing the Lord as this peaceful lamb. And he was the nicest guy to ever walk the earth. The nicest guy. There's nobody nicer. There's nobody more cheerful. There's nobody more joyful. And just because he spoke with authority and just because he told them things that offended them, they said, forget this guy. Get him out of here. Treat him like a criminal. You want Brabus or Jesus? No, we want Jesus crucified. Let Brabus, the criminal, go. This is what is about to happen if we do not start shining brightly in this culture. 
People say it's old-fashioned, man. It's ancient. It is. It stood the test of time. So many things have fallen away. Thousands of years have passed by, and this still remains. You don't really believe in every word in there, do you? Yes, I do. You know, that doesn't really apply to all that matters in life. The Bible, you just need to keep that thing in church, but don't, don't let it get outside these walls and actually start impacting people's lives. No, no, we can't do that. Impacting people's views. You see, hate speech is the way this culture tries to trap the Christian simply because we call abortion murder, simply because we call the LGBTQ lifestyle sin. I have friends who are gay. I have people that I know who are alcoholics. I call that one sin, and I call that one sin. Why would two people get mad at me just for saying, I don't think that's helpful. I think that's hurtful to you. Because we won't budge on traditional marriage or gender rules established by God at the beginning of time. We are seen as crazy and not tolerated in the society because we won't unify with the beliefs of this world. Jesus prayed this in his high priestly prayer. All you got to do is just look closely at what Jesus said. I dare you to go home and read through a gospel and watch what happened when Jesus just said stuff. He'd be, just be talking in a crowd, and they start grabbing stones. Like, let's kill this guy. You can't, you can't say this stuff in our society. It's not welcome here. Jesus said this as he prayed to his father in John 17, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of this world, just as I am not of this world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, Father but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world just as I am not of the world. And if they hated our shepherd, of course, we will be hated as well at times. We have been at a time of prosperity as Christians. I don't know if you realize that. We've been blessed. It's like 60, 70 years. It's, it's like kind of nice. So you just build churches and meet. They put him in handcuffs, Jesus. Put him in handcuffs. They chained him up. Can you imagine if they did that here in L.A. and downtown? They chain up Jesus. It really happened in a city. And he did nothing wrong but speak. He just shined light into the darkness. He didn't hurt a single person. Instead, he healed people. He helped them. He laid down his life for them. He was trying to help their heart. Remember the rich young ruler? It says, Jesus said to the rich young ruler, it says there in the text that he looked upon him with love. He said, go sell everything you have and follow me. And it says that he, the young guy, rich young ruler, he went away sorrowful because he had much goods. He had too much stuff. It was too hard of a command for him. Jesus actually spoke into people's lives and said things. When's the last time somebody here in L.A. would walk up to the rich young guy? Hey, you're rich, you're young, you're famous. Go sell everything. And follow Jesus. What? You're not actually saying to sell it all, are you? Do you really need all that cash? Why has God given that to you? I think he's given it to you to help other people. Be generous. In 20 years of ministry, I have never seen more people offended and angry with the church because Christians are holding to the word of God. You have no, you have no idea how many people have DM'd me and emailed me and said, we're leaving the church. We don't like what you're saying. You're too offensive. You're too direct. I'm like, when we first started the church, I was scared to lose people. 
I'm not scared anymore. Because, amen. What I want people to understand is, you guys know my heart. I've never desired to offend anyone at any moment. But instead to teach and train people in the Word of God. And it's, what's hard is that, see, when we first started the church, that's all I did. I just preached the Word of God, and I had coffee with people, and the church grew. And I just kept doing that, and I haven't stopped doing that. But all of a sudden, because the climate has changed in our city, all of a sudden people are so angry at me. It's like I've been doing the same thing for six years. Why are you getting angry now? What happened? I've been the same preacher. My view is God's word regardless of what the culture thinks, and I won't be changing. I see a lot of people swaying back and forth with the views of society. And I'd like to clarify my role as a pastor as we start this journey together again here at AJU, and really restart, relaunch this journey as a church, what it looks like for me to shine my light into the church, what it looks like for you to shine your light into the city, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastor, and the teacher. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Listen. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about with every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. We are Christians, and all the definition of a Christian is is we follow the commands and teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. People are like, I want to follow half his teachings. Then you're not a Christian. Christians follow Christ's teachings. It's time for us to start shining, and I want to talk about this today. Family, it may cost you something if you shine. It may cost you, but... You may gain greatly if you shine as well. You see somebody's heart and life transformed because you were generous with love, humility, time, and truth. Your drunk uncle, I love you, but you're killing yourself. You're hurting your family. I got to tell you the truth. I love you. I'm for you. I'm with you. Let's, let's get away from this. Let's pray we got to stop being passive in this society. The passiveness has allowed those who are loud, wicked, and evil to rise up and just start doing whatever. I cannot even believe it. And the Christian is just being pushed off over in the corner, and there we are, the cute little Christian. Hi, we're over here. Hi. Uh, we don't wanna, we're not going to say anything. No, we don't want to offend anybody. Gosh. It is so sad that we have gotten in this place And I think Jesus would command us to do the exact opposite. We don't need to be rude. We don't need to be jerks. And we don't even need to be offensive. We just need to preach the truth, be honest about what Christ and what God demands of this earth and what God demands of people. Jesus will show his disciples in the text today how pointless and absolutely ridiculous it is for a Christian to not shine for God's glory. 
Can we stand for the reading of God's word if you choose to do so? We are in Matthew chapter 5. I'm going to read verses 13 to 16. Our full text here. We always stand for the reading of God's word just to pay honor to him and to remember whose word we're reading. It's not my opinion. It's not my words. Um, we get to stand and pay honor to God and remember who, his words, what his words are and who's the one speaking to us. Matthew 5, verse 13, Jesus said to his people, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? And it's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. He then says this, verse 14, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word today, and we ask that you administer to us, speak to us clearly. We pray now in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Jesus is given the definition of a Christian. Let's break it down. Look at verse 14 in your Bibles. He says, you are the, what's the word? Light. What's the word? What's the word? Light, yes, you are the light of the world. Jesus calls his disciples, his people, light, an amazing word to name his people. The first mention of the word light is back in Genesis 1, verse 2, the earth was without form and void, darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Genesis 1, verse 3, all the way back in the beginning of your Bible, God said, let there be light. And there was light. He spoke light into existence. Exhibit A. The sun. It's pretty nice actually being outside. I'm like, wow, I have some good illustrations here. Let there be light and there was light. Verse 4, and God saw the light that it was good. And God separated light from darkness. The word occurs 122 times in the Hebrew in the Old Testament. And 72 times in the Greek in the New Testament. What is light? Webster's Dictionary describes it as the form of energy that makes it possible to see things. Brightness produced by the sun, by fire, by a lamp. Here's the biblical definition of light, though we saw it there in Genesis 1. 1 John chapter 1 says this. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. Amazing. So... God separated the light from the darkness, created the sun, the moon, and the stars. But then 1 John, John tells us that God is actually light, and there's no darkness in him at all. When you put the two definitions together, I thought this was interesting. Listen to how it sounds. God is light. He is the one form of energy that makes it possible to see things. He is the one who makes it possible for us to see Yes, to see things material, but also to see things spiritual. Spiritual ears, spiritual eyes, a spiritual heart. Give me a new heart. Create in me a new heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. Once I was blind, and now I can see. Us being called to the light of the world implies that the world actually needs light. Why? Let's talk about it. You're like, it's light outside. The world doesn't need light. Jesus says, you're the light of the world. 
he is talking about darkness in man's heart. Clearly, it is light outside. It's a beautiful day. I'm so happy we didn't do it last week. Wind and clouds and a little bit of rain and wet grass and all the rest, 50 degrees. And now it's so nice. I'm like literally sweating up here in this sweater. I heard in Southern California, we got 200 days this last year over 70 degrees. Is that incredible or what? Some of you are like, I kind of want below 70 degrees. I know. It's clearly light outside, so why do we need to be the light? Because the heart of man is dark and wicked, and we have seen it this year more than ever before. Aside from all the issues that are going on in our society, let's just say these issues are real, and all of the issues are really there. Let's just look at how humans handle them. What is wrong with us? We can't even talk to each other anymore. Social media has become a place of screaming. No one wants to talk anymore. Everybody's instantly offended by anything anyone else says. This is dangerous. Humans are in complete spiritual darkness. Martin Lloyd-Jones said, This century of all centuries, we talk so much about our knowledge and enlightenment is proving that we are in a state of utterable darkness with regard to these vital and fundamental problems. we got computers in our pockets. We're the smartest, we think we're the smartest to ever walk the earth. Technologies, you can Google anything. You don't need a giant library. You have it in your hands. You have all the knowledge you could ever need or want, and we treat each other worse than ever before. It's so sad. Literally, one human can abuse another human on the other side of the planet. Just a couple simple words of typing. It's not just hurting the circle around you now. We literally hurt people on the other side of the planet. Humans cannot give the answer. We've had thousands of years to figure it out. We're still not figuring it out. So I just revert back to God. I revert back to Jesus again. The Bible says this about us, Romans 1.21, For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. There is clearly a God... He clearly exists. There's more information in our DNA to fill a library than there is in many places in the world, and that DNA only comes from a mind. You don't get information without a mind. Something must have created it. Something must have made it. Information doesn't come from nothing. That's ridiculous. No one sees a sentence on the ground and says, oh, that just appeared over thousands of years. It's information. Information comes from a mind. We know that there is a God. Romans 1 says you are without excuse. There is clearly a God in the universe. Just look at this. You throw a seed in the ground. You throw a little bit of water on it, and it's pre-programmed to sprout up and make food. Who put the software in there? Who designed it to do that? It's very simple. Romans 1 has made this very clear. Although they knew God, they did not honor him as God. Thus he gave them over to their foolish thinking and their hearts darkened. If there is no God, you can do whatever you want. If there is no God, there is no right and wrong. Why is it wrong for me to hurt that person? Why? Oh, you made up that rule and society voted on it? That's cool. I don't adhere to that law. I don't adhere to society. No, we need a God who's given us a moral law. 
Colossians 1 says he has delivered us, verse 13, from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. Ephesians 5.11, church, legacy, please, in the name of the Lord Jesus, take no part, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. What? Expose the darkness? Yes. We bring light into dark places. We bring light when someone needs help finding something. We bring light that enlightens and opens people's eyes. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. We've sinned against God and broken the relationship between us and him. He sent his son Jesus to die for that sin that broke off the relationship so we can be forgiven by God and brought back into the relationship with the God who made us. We need contrast the other way. We must shine in the darkness. He calls us a city set on a hill, is the illustrations giving. We get, we get a couple illustrations here in the text, if you want to look at it with me there. He says there, we are a city set on a hill, and it cannot be hidden. First off, a city. Think about this picture. Anyone who's been to Israel, if you've been to the Galilee, the Sea of Galilee, on the Sea of Galilee, there is a city on the side of the hill called Tiberias. It's kind of like Bel Air, actually, except there, the 405 would be a, a lake, like a giant body of water. And, and the, the water down here, and again, the city that sits up on the hill, that is the city that he would be referencing to, Tiberias. And Jesus says, you are to be like a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Can you hide a city? Anybody know how to do that? Like some David Blaine stuff or something, right? Like, how do you hide an entire city? You throw a blanket on it? You can't hide a city. Jesus says you are the light of the world, and like a city cannot be hidden. You are not to be hidden. Verse 15 says, Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to the house. He says a city, and now he shows a lamp in a house. Did anybody get blackouts the last uh, couple months? Anybody get blackouts? We actually had to relight candles in the house here. It was fun for a little bit. (laughs) But do people light a lamp and put it under a basket? You're like, um, you know, somebody comes over in the house and lights it so that it brings light to the house. Then somebody walks over and puts it out. Like, what are you doing? I just lit that to bring light to the house. And you light it again and they come over and put a basket on it. And you're like, what are you doing? I'm trying to bring light to the house. It is an oxymoron. That's exactly what Jesus is trying to say. Who lights a lamp and puts a basket on it? He's showing how ridiculous it is. But, he says, people light a lamp and put it on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. Here is what a lamp is used for, to bring light to everyone in the house. And we are to be that light on the stand that brings light to the whole house here in the city of L.A. You should never want to block that light. To do so would be foolishness. Why are we doing that here in L.A.? Family, Christians. Why do I feel that? I've only been in the city six years, but I feel this thing where like, If I want to tell somebody I'm a Christian, I feel a pushback. Like, before I even say anything or even think about it, it's already there. It's like, ah, should I say something? Should I not say something? Why is that there? Why is there a cushion between people where they have have made it as so in this society, if you speak up and talk about Jesus or the Bible or Christian, like, oh, 
Okay. Let's social distance. <laughs> right? Before COVID. <laughs> right? You pull out a Bible. You ever see what happens when you pull out a Bible at work? Right? You're like, well, actually it says in the Bible, whoa! What are you doing bringing those pages with ink on them in here? Jesus says, if you're the light on the stand, what's the use if you keep putting a basket on it? Who hides a city? In the same way, he says, as a lamp shines, as a city declares. In the same way, let your light shine before others. In the same way, let your light. Family, listen. Jesus says, let your light. Can you say your with me, please? Your one more time, your, what? it implies that you have a light. Well, I don't know if I really have a light. I kind of, mine's kind of small. doesn't matter. In really, really, really dark places, you show up with just a little match flicker, and that thing will brighten up a warehouse. Sometimes you can't see your light, but everybody else can see it in you. We need you to shine. You don't throw a blanket over a city. You don't put a basket over a lamp. This is ridiculous. Let your light shine, Jesus says. No, no, you do the shining, Pastor. You do the shining. I'll, I'll come to church. No, no. Let your light shine before others. Shine before others. This means you have to have others around you to actually shine. <laughs> you, can't, you can't lock yourself away in your garage forever. No, you actually have to be around other people and you actually have to shine into them. Let your light so shine before others so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. I love this. They may see your good works. We do good works to bring glory to God. Not glory to ourselves, to bring glory to God. And it is... That is the whole reason you have good works. God has equipped you with good works so that you can shine them before other people. We are called to make Jesus famous. We are called to make God famous. We are to be billboards for him. We are commercials for him. We are pointing to him. That is our whole job as Christians. To shine the light of Christ of God within us to the world around us. If you're taking notes... Point number one, cities play hide-and-seek. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Cities playing hide-and-seek. This statement, of course, sounds ridiculous. A city can't play hide-and-seek. But watch this. Neither can a Christian. If a city can't play hide-and-seek, and that's the picture Jesus is using, what are Christians doing playing hide-and-seek? If someone finds out you're a Christian and they're shocked, that's not a good thing. You're, got him. You're a Christian? Oh, I would have never thought. Wow. Not by the way you live. Oh, man. But come on, we've all been there, right? We're people saved by grace trying to walk with the God who has saved us. And we don't need to walk around acting perfect. We just need to shine like Christ. We need to live 
unto his glory. We shouldn't be playing hide and seek. Revelation 3.15 says, Jesus says about the church, Laodicea, he said this about them. He said, I know your works. You're neither hot nor cold, and I would rather that you were either hot or cold, please. He says, so because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Jesus says, I just, look, either, either full on or full off. Don't, don't play the medium ground here because you're going to get comfortable. And I really think that's exactly what's happened. We just kind of get comfortable. We got nice lifestyles. Um, we eat the food we want. We drink the coffee we want. We got a beautiful place to hang out in. And we're like, you know, it's not going to get bad. I mean, it's always been bad in L.A., right? It's always been bad. And I'm telling you, I've never sensed that before that. I've, never, I've just never sensed it before where I, I felt the need to even become more bold in my preaching. I felt that maybe I have been, you're like, Josh, you're not passive at all. You're so direct in your preaching. No, I feel this way maybe in the beginning of, uh, the church plant here in L.A. that I was a little soft maybe or or a bit passive because I wanted people to come to the church and I didn't want to be direct about these things. But what I've noticed is that without standing and shining brightly, without doing that, if we don't do that, then what happens? The darkness just grows. The weeds just grow up. They just start choking out everything beautiful. Jesus says, hot or cold, please. Don't do the middle thing. James 3, verse 10 says, From the same mouth come blessings and curses, my brothers. These things ought not be so. Does a spring forth bring forth the same opening, both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olive or grapevine, produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. He says, From the same mouth should not be coming fresh water at church and polluted water during the week. No, no. Again, no one's going to be perfect in this, but we, we should be walking with God as the, the Spirit of God fills us, and we should be pouring fresh water around us everywhere, shining the light of Christ. Matthew 12, verse 30 says, Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. Jesus says you're either for me or against me. There is no middle ground. He doesn't allow people to do that. When we hide ourselves, we render ourselves useless as Christians, just as salt that has no saltiness is useless. It should be thrown out. We don't need more people who say they are Christians, but don't live it. We don't need more people who say they are Christians, but don't live it. No more of that. Please. It would be better if you didn't say you were a Christian than to proclaim that you are a Christian and live like hell. This is crazy. It, it has muddied the waters. Everyone's a Christian. Everyone goes to church. Everyone has spirituality. Everyone, and there is no difference. And we look exactly like the world. And then everyone just starts marching right in line with the culture. And no one can tell the difference. And then pastors are not even walking with Christ. People are turning away from the Lord. Everybody's just taking their time, walking with the rest of the culture. And no one is standing with Christ. What's happened to L.A.? What's happened to our culture? What's happening to America. First Timothy 3, 5 says, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such turn away. Remember Peter denied the Lord three times? Even the Peter, the apostle Peter, denied Jesus three times. 
Maybe you're feeling guilty today. You're like, man, that's me. I'm kind of the hide-and-seek Christian. I kind of hide a little bit at work and stuff because I'm nervous. I don't want to lose position. I don't want to lose favor with people. What are they going to say? I know. I get it. I'm with you. I feel the same way. I'm the pastor trying to do the right thing. And Peter was right with them all three years. Lord, I'll never deny you. Lord, wash my feet and give me a bath. I want to be the best in your kingdom. Lord, you shouldn't even go to the cross. How dare you go to the cross? You have to lead us to the Roman Empire. Take over politically and establish your kingdom now. What did Jesus say to him? Get behind me, Satan. He told Peter that. One of his guys. Why? He's like, you're not going to stop the plan and work that I'm doing. And Peter, I'm telling you, you're going to deny me three times. I'd never deny you. Even if I'll deny you, I will never deny you. Even Peter denied the Lord and Jesus restored him. And Jesus is ready to restore today. He is always ready to restore. That is the beauty of our God, the beauty of our King. Who hides a city? Who hides a light? Lights that don't shine. Point number two, if you're taking notes, lights that don't shine. Does that even make sense? It's the point. Lights that don't shine. Nor do people light a lamp, put it under a basket. This is impossible. All Christians do is shine. True Christians, that's all they do. Everywhere they go, that's all they do is shine. They shine bright like a diamond, truly. Just by walking with God daily, just like light bulbs made to shine, that's what they do. That's what we are made to do. As we just walk with God in obedience, as we just walk with him in prayer, as we walk with him in his word, as we just walk around and as we have conversations, as we talk to people, we see wickedness going on. I'm sorry. That's not cool. I'm not partaking in that. I can't believe that you guys would do that. That's terrible. Who would do that? doesn't matter what the wickedness is. In all the different camps, doesn't matter where, we stand against evil and wickedness. We take a stand and we speak up and say something. But they might get mad at me. So what? That's the reason why evil and wickedness is prevailing, because no one says anything. I'll never forget me and the guys are walking. To, oh, this is great. Emergency temperature shut off. Okay. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. We, we got it. We got it. Well, we're going to figure this out. I'll never forget, though, me and uh, some of the guys are walking through a parking lot. can't remember what city we were in. It was somewhere in the valley. And I saw this, uh, this guy. Um, he was with his kids. And I don't know why, but he had grabbed his daughter um, by the throat, and he was choking her. Um, right? Right as me and, the, me and the guys were just walking. And I looked over and I saw him shaking her. I said, hey, what are you doing? You don't ever choke a little girl like that. We see you. Don't do that. Why? Because we defend the innocent. We're going to let that go on. If anyone in authority was walking by and saw somebody do that and walks by and says nothing, that is why this stuff goes on in our culture. No one says anything. I'm not going to get involved in that. I'm going to act like I didn't see that. Shame on us. I'm not going to let that go. 
And I am tired of letting evil and wickedness go in our society. We need to start being direct and start be, stop being passive. We don't need to be jerks. Yeah, if some guy's choking out a little girl, be a jerk. Say something. Make him uncomfortable. We can't allow this to go on in our society. My iPad has told me that I have to shut down here, so I'm just going to... I'm just going to share with you what's on my heart and the best, the best of the rest of the sermon here. Sometimes we think that shining the light will cost us greatly, but it will actually reward us greatly. And I've seen this happen a couple times in very unexpected ways. Let your light so shine before others. They see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And there's been a couple moments where I've seen this go the opposite direction. One of my favorite stories, one of my favorite moments is because it's part of my hobby. It's part of what I do. I was on the beach, and uh, I just got out of the water, and we were kind of in this specific area over in Malibu that you're not really supposed to go to because there wasn't really access. But we had jumped down these rocks and went surfing. And I got out of the water, and there's this guy playing with his kids on the beach, and um, we were about to walk and go home and, um, he's clearly wealthy has a really nice place and all this territory, it's a private beach there and it's a great surf spot. I couldn't believe we found it. It's only like one month into the church plan. I couldn't believe we found this little nook. And, uh, I'll never forget when he, um, he asked me, well, what do you, what are you doing here in LA? What do you do uh, for work? And I said, uh, uh, oh, <laughs> kind of just was, you know, what are these LA people going to think of this, you know? The, I kind of just wanted to surf and said, oh, well, I'm a pastor, and I started a church in Studio City. He's like, really? He says, I was born in Nazareth. He said, you know where Jesus is? I said, oh, I know. <laughs> and uh, then he proceeded to invite us into his house and cook us a meal and said, you can use my fence and gate anytime you want. Just walk right through and there's your surf spot. You can have anytime you want. I'm like, really? Wait, because I said I was a Christian and a pastor, you gave me favor? That's backwards. I thought I was going to be ostracized. I think one of my favorites that's happened recently, I was just doing a little research on it, is uh, in 2012, they tried to cancel Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Guys, it's great chicken. They tried to cancel Chick-fil-A because of the traditional stance on marriage and all of the things, and they were giving money to certain organizations. And there was an uproar, and everybody got ticked off. You know what I just found two days ago, or three days ago? Article, Chick-fil-A. Six years in a row, number one fast food restaurant in America. Kanye kind of helped a little, I think. <laughs> no, but, but, and they, they also received number one for customer service as well. But this is the thing, and, and I was going to read to you their statement. I have it in there. Their statement for how they get employees to live is it says, our standards for employment is that they would live godly, biblical lives while they are here at work. That's their standard for customer service, and that's why it's the best. 
America voted, it's the best. I'm trying to tell you that because I want you to see that while we are going to receive opposition for standing up for Christ or for calling somebody out, or for standing against wickedness and evil in our culture, there are other times when God just for some reason just drops a blessing on us. You're like, oh, wow, I didn't expect that actually. I'm kind of shocked that it worked out that way. And I would love to see more than ever legacy that you, you just flip the light on. Would you just turn the light on? Wherever you're at with God, wherever your walk with him is, wherever your relationship is, would you just turn it on? I only got a little light. That's plenty. There's no light in the city. This is a hard place to live. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they see, see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Light your Father's house. Turn on the light and allow his glory to be shown to the earth. And you know as well as I do, this is not a negative message. It is the best news in the universe. God has declared how society is to be. He has declared how families are to be. He has declared how marriage is to be. He has declared how we are to live and to love and serve each other. We are to love our God and we are to love our neighbor as ourselves. And the world is doing none of that right now. Neither of those two commandments. And the church is backing down from doing that. We need to do this more than ever. And this is really already a commitment for me in 2021. I, you will see me. I, I'm hoping to become... Um, Yes, more gentle and kind and joyful. And I, I, I hope and pray that God continues to bring humility and at the same time, fierce and direct and bold in the grocery store, at Home Depot, where at the beach, wherever I'm at. And just start having conversations with people. You don't have to be a jerk. Let me just give you a 30-second example of what you can do with people that you don't know or at that you're uh, at work with. You can just do things like this. A religious conversation comes up, or you can feel it going that direction, or you, you see that they need help because something is going wrong. Just ask them, so um, do you go to church or anything? I do this all the time. You go to church or anything? Oh, well, you know, I was kind of raised in the church, but I, I don't really go to church anymore. I don't really believe in God. Oh, oh why not? You know, what, what, what's, what stopped or what happened? I'd love to hear. Well, because of this, 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 and before you know it, you're into a God conversation in L.A. that you didn't expect. You can stand against things and not be a jerk about it as well. No, I'm not good with that, you know. Well, why not? Well, I'm a Christian, you know. I love God, and I walk with Christ, and um, the Bible's really clear that that's not what God wants us to do as a society. Family, I want more than ever for us in these next few months just to keep shining the light. And that was the point of this sermon. I added, I added on the front of that phrase, let there be light, please. 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 Because if we don't, I don't, I see the weeds growing faster than ever before. I'm shocked that we're meeting right now. And I hope that we continue to be able to do so. But there, there is nothing in the air that I sense that the earth is getting better right now. I don't see that. Just turn on the news. Last night in D.C., it's going off. 
It is non-stop. Christians, family, we need to lead by example. Stop letting other people lead. You lead in the name of Christ. You lead by example in your circles, in your areas. Let God fill you. Let God use you. And whatever it looks like for you to shine in the way that you shine, you get doing that. You're special. You're unique. You got gifts that I don't have. I got gifts that you don't have. You figure out what it looks like and start loving your neighbor. Start loving your God right where you're at. Amen? This is Jesus' worldview. This is what it looks like. Amen. Let's pray, huh? Let's pray and ask God to do a work in us. Lord, we love you. We thank you that we get to meet today. And Lord, it's, it's been so long since we've been to church and since we've been able to be together. And Lord, we, I sense that we as a church just need to repent, to turn away from our sin, to put our faith in the Lord Jesus and his death, burial, and resurrection on the cross, and to completely repent and to stop being lukewarm, to repent and turn away from mild Christianity. And that joy and love and peace and truth and righteousness would beam forth from us like never before. Let your light, let your light, let your light so shine before men and women. They would see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Lord, We right now, as a church, as a people, we repent in our hearts for not standing for you when we know that we should. For denying like Peter did. And we now choose to turn completely to you with all of our hearts. We ask for full forgiveness. We ask that you would change us and transform us. Use us to love this city deeply. To bring peace to this city like never before. We pray that you would use us for your glory. Please, Lord, let there be light. In L.A., we pray in Jesus' name, amen.